Welcome to You're the Man Now, Dog, the improvised conversation comedy podcast with me, Dan Lippert. And me, Ryan Rosenberg. We, You know what we do if you're listening, or maybe you don't. I don't know why I assume that. You might be here for our guests <laughs> hey, listen, today. Hey, listen, you know us, you love us, <laughs> and we're back. As if there's so much to introduce also. You'll get it if you don't know it. Uh, <laughs> But our, if you're here for our guest today, then you know them from uh, Off Book, the musical podcast. Improvised, the word improvised is in there also. Uh, Zach Reno. Hello. Hi. And Jessica McKenna. Here she is. <laughs> we also have occasionally introduced ourselves with, you know us, you love you us. You love us. We generally yeah. do it as a bit for a room of people that we assume have no idea who we are. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's when it works best. Right. Well, it is uh, a crazy intro. Usually you say it about someone else, not about yourself. You know them, you love them, I, rather yeah. than you know me, you love me. I think <laughs> it's a power move, though, which yeah. is what we all need in these times. I also think that something is mitigated by it being an us. Like, you guys could do it. When it's just you, that's full on cycle behavior. But if it's right. like, you know us, you love us, it's a little like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. It's it's cheeky. I'm going to try to do it in the singular at some point over this podcast and just to see if we can pull it off in a way that's not psychopathic because I think, Jess, <laughs> right. you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it does like... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's your psycho. It makes me... I think Ryan and I... You may, Ryan, you might agree with this and you guys might also. I, I still don't feel like a host or like a entertainer and I think that's like a thing... So I, I get really self-conscious doing an intro in front of like people that I hang out with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's weird to be like, put on that part of the performance without an audience around just in front of you. Yeah. You know, we, uh, I think, actually, Rose, I don't know. Did you do comedy in college? Uh, no, not really. Oh, look at this sweet bud we got. <laughs> but Lipper, you did. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, also, bit. Zach recently made me aware that I'm the only person he knows who uses the word bud. Um, uh, I like bud. Uh, and now it's going to be that burner wife off, whatever that term is, where I hear myself say bud a thousand times. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I did not no, mean to gosh, do that to you. No, gosh. I'll never change. Um, never do. I love the way you do it. It's just, it's such a casual part of your vernacular in a way that like really works for you. And I just thank don't, you so much. I don't know a lot of people that use it with that you know frequency. Jess Jarden uses it. And mm. I think Darcy uses it too. I, I like, think you're right. I've heard Darcy use it for there's sure. There's a couple other like ladies who I think, do, and I think for and me, and they're all you're all Cali girls, and we're all Cali girls. And it might be us trying to, for me, I think it's trying to decrease my dude. Uh, it's a non it's a non gendered one. But I've, it's less I've, gendered I've, than I've dude. stepped up y'all for the same reason a lot me too. in a way that I've um, never said the word before. Yeah, you and no. me are saying y'all all the time now, and I feel and I'm typing it because it just feels safe. It's nicer than guys, um, but I think Bud has taken a similar. I still say dude because I still think that dude doesn't have to be intensely gendered. So I'm like, it's on a I phase agree. out for me. It's on an occasional, and Bud I think has taken some of the dude weight. That my that it needed to in my vernacular, but all this to say, that made me think of um, doing comedy in college, where you're doing short form, and there's so much more hosting. Like when we were divvying up, like you know, you're a team of eight or whatever, and you're like, okay, 
these three people are going to play new toys, but this person has to intro it and getting like really good at the like, Hey everyone, this next game we're going to play is called new toys in this. Your favorite improvisers, Rose, Zach and Dan are going to be in a scene. And the suggestion I'll get from you in a second at any point, me, the moderator, you know, like all that skill yeah. that I just like, Introducing rules yeah. for a comedy for scene audience, as yeah. entertainment. Yeah. Was, was your uh, Dan? Was your college team long form or short form? Um, I started at the University of Arizona on the Charles Darwin experience, which was short form. Okay. And then when I tra- I got traded to USC, <laughs> when <laughs> I up. transferred to USC, I joined Second Nature, which was uh, UCB style long form. So when you were like old enough to be the person hosting. You were at long form, probably. Yeah, I think fun. I hosted a couple Charles Darwin. We, I think we switched off the hosting duties. So I definitely got uh, beefed up that exact skill of like... There's not really um, an excuse for you not to be good at it then. Yeah. At this point. <laughs> I need a, that's true. That's true. I think I always felt like a cheesy, cheese dick, though, when yeah. I was doing that. Yeah, there was it, one right. guy on our team who was so good at it and was actually not that great of an improviser. He was like... We were my the short form group was short form and sketch, and he was like really funny sketch actor and an incredible and like an incredible host, like very good at that. And it would be this thing of we were like, we just have him intro all the games (laughs) and he never plays them, he's not that great at them, but he's very good at like getting a crowd hyped to watch genre roller coaster. (laughs) Yeah, is there a way to couch that in a compliment? I don't know. He was like an upperclassman to me, so I certainly did not have that authority, but it was like, we all do that. It is like a close but separate skill. Like, I would yeah, never really want to see sure. Conan act in a movie. Right. You know, like, I like he's good at that. I want him to just talk to people. Yeah. You know? And he was it's funny hard. in the sketches. So it was like, you are a talented, comedic performer. You right. are not an improviser. Right. right? You are valuable on this team that has multiple components. So it's not like you're weighing us down or anything. You're like, some people are bad at a different, but it was so funny to be like, that guy really knows how to tee up this. Yeah. (laughs) Well, some of the funniest people are horrible hosts. You're like, no, 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 you don't want to be up there. And we can all tell. (laughs) No, you're going to wait. We get it. It's fine. Um, Going back just a second. We were talking about the word, the name, bud for like, or the, Mm. You say it calling people bud for like three minutes, probably. And it just hit me right now that that was my dad's name. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's different. It's uh, what is that it called? Is. Where it's, yeah. Uh, is, is, that short, said, is that a short nickname? He, he was Edward, uh, but and I don't know why they called him bud. I think just like, he, like as a friendly term of endearment, Went he just by bud. became bud. Yeah. My um, mother in law, her, her, she has an older brother, and they're the only two kids in the family. And their names are Dean and Mary Louise, but they were Bud and Sis. Oh, I yeah. like that. And that's cool. He, she is. Her name is Sissy. Like, I mean, her name's Mary Louise, but nobody calls her that. Like, her name is Sissy. And uh, then, like, it was very funny—a family dynamic of like Dean's wife is like first him as Dean, but everyone else in the family would be like, "Well, hey, Bud. Hey, Bud. You know." And my sister and I call each other sissy, but not like, I'll also call her her name. It didn't become our names. But I, right. and her, her kids, she has um, a boy, a girl, and then a little baby boy. And so the two siblings are like, you know, there's a kind of a gap. And they are kind of, they also get called Zeke and Eden, but they get called Bud and Sissy a lot too. 
Really? Right. So yeah. there's more. To me, I, have you ever had that where someone is calling like a loved one a different name than what you call them and yes. like it's in conversation and you don't know what to refer to them as? It's very like we there are multiple Alexes in our friend group and they mostly go by their last names, except their significant others call them Alex. So every time I hear that, I'm like, oh, right. That's actually your name. And the right. only reason you've been going by your last name is because other Alex, it's too confusing if we all call you Alex. <laughs> Sometimes I don't even respond to Ryan because nobody calls me Ryan. Right. Uh, and then if somebody does, I'm like, oh, what are you, my mom? Like, like uh, <laughs> it, it feels like distant in a weird way, even though it's my own actual name, you know? I go by yeah. mostly Rose, I guess, or that's I found myself call calling you Rosie in some friend groups. Like the dragons call you Rosie. Right. But Big Grande doesn't, so I never call you Rosie when we're like with Big oh. Grande. Right. It's very strange. Yeah. And I don't know I, that I have a preference. I've never said call me Rose, but it is everybody does, I feel yeah. like. It's yeah. a cool name. In high cool. school everybody called me Rosen. Like just short uh. for Rosenberg, and it's so strange that like that extra letter is so much because you're still Jewish if you're Rosen. Right. You take the N off and you're Rose all of a sudden. It's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, Ryan Rose. Who's this cool guy? Ryan Rose oh, might what be the Jewish. Heck? Oh, wow. Oh, my Lord. Ryan Rose, the pop star from the Netherlands? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. God, I wish I was from the Netherlands. We have a weird, we've talked about, we talk about names a lot on this show. I think I have a weird obsession with, uh, like, how we associate with our names. Mm-hmm. I get that. Um, Everyone's it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's your, it's your identity, baby. Well, but um, is we, it though? That's, and that's the thing. That's the thing. You can be whoever you want. You gotta that's be right. able to change it if you need to. Yeah. <laughs> um, a guy once that I knew changed his name very suddenly. Um, and I referred to him as his, old name and he he told me in a very somber way he was like i'm just gonna make up two names he's like uh i'm not john anymore um i'm sam and i was like oh okay and it wasn't like a gender transition or anything like that he just changed it but the way he did it was so intense that i was like wow why this decision must have really weighed on this guy yeah in a way for me where it's like i don't care thank you Yeah, there must have been some story there of like why yeah. it was significant uh, for him. But yeah, was, that is like, oh, I don't, it's hard it, for me to get there. I don't know the story. Yeah, yeah. you can correct me. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I had a friend, uh, I mean, he's still my friend, but he uh, was a very much went by last name in college. And uh, so I continue to call him the last name like, and we were probably five years into post-college friendship. And he one time was like, you're the only close friend who still calls me that. Like everyone has transitioned back to calling me just my first name because now we're like not in a college where there's like a hundred people with this same name anymore. And I was like, oh, okay. Should, it was should similar. I stop? Yeah, he was like, was like kind of mad about it. Yeah, he was like, I'm not really into it anymore. And I was like, okay. It it there's like a. I, I've been on the end of that where I'm the one talking, where there's an intensity that comes out of you when you're explaining something that you've obviously been holding on to for a long time <laughs> that you can't control, where I it's know. like finally coming out. It's like, oh, this meant a lot to you, and I was just calling you this. Yeah, I do not hold it against them. People get to be called by the name they want. It was just so the same thing. I was like, like the, oh, you don't have to. You don't have to like. You can just say. Yeah. You can call. Me, I prefer to be called me this name. 
I wish you had told me two years ago. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Like I had no idea. <laughs> uh, I hear it. I feel for I feel for people who that that is like you were like saying it. They have the story, but you don't. You're like okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I had not an inkling of an idea here. Uh, well, we had we uh, um, decided for this episode. Ryan and I were talking, and uh, we've been doing a lot of different cooking. Uh, obviously, since we're all sheltered at home, some people uh, are better uh, and more uh, attentive than others. Uh, and so we decided to try to do a little chef's table today where we all talk about some recipes we've been working on uh, and uh, our experiences making them. Um, Ryan, did you want to start with that banana bread? Sure. Yes. Or any recipe. We could also go by course, maybe if that's more of a dessert. I don't know. Right. Whoa. Right. Well, I guess, I, yeah, I'll get into it. I've been making banana bread because it's fun and easy and anyone can do it. Um, and it's a and breakfast I really, food, so it could easily yeah, go first. It's like a breakfast food and a dessert, which is wonderful. You know, you can you can treat it however you want. But I, I make one that is full of brown sugar because I like that extra sweet. Mm-hmm. And it also has a lot of bananas, more bananas and brown sugar think is better than less bananas and white sugar, if we're being honest. So it's great. It's nice because you just mash up bananas, add like flour, sugar, and salt, and whatever, baking powder, and you call it a day. Um, should I screen share this little I thing? Would lo- I would love it if you would do that. Okay, so here's, here's what I'm um, – if you're watching our video. Brown sugar own great, lovely flavor. Yes. I can this screen- is from All Recipes. I can Does everybody see this? Yeah, yeah. yeah, wonderful. All recipes: brown sugar banana bread. Recipe shared by the D family. It's moist. It's supple. You can add chocolate chips or nuts. It's got four ripe bananas cut into chunks, one and a quarter cups of light brown sugar, half a cup of butter, which is basically a whole stick of butter, <laughs> uh, an egg, some cinnamon, vanilla. You know all the stuff you expect: flour, baking soda. It's simple. The one thing I've really learned with banana bread is you don't want to overmix it. Uh, it's like a quick, simple bread, I've heard, and you want it to stay like cakey, not like um, you don't want too much gluten to form. If it turns like too much of a bread, it gets like hard and tough. Okay. You want it to be soft like a cake. So Is that is that a general rule? Work cake less, work breads more? I don't know, but I I read this about banana bread specifically. I think I'm going to say yes. It's yeah. uh, and I have no information well, here. But I, I love, would love for the teacher. I, I would love to log that in my mind as baking knowledge. I'm so, going to say we... that's a hundred percent true because wow. you don't want to over whip egg when you want light airiness mm-hmm. for a cake, and most bread don't have egg, uh, and so you what you need to do is develop the gluten by kneading it or. Right. So yeah, I think under underwork anything that you uh, that isn't a bread but needs to rise, like light. cakes. You want to keep them light and fluffy. My mom has said that to me my entire life. It's like, do not overwork that egg. Don't Beautiful. overwork that egg. But what bread, great advice? Yeah, but bread you got to get in there. That's why people are like kneading it in several stages and proofing it because otherwise it won't develop that gluten. Right. That's what makes it rise, and then the other one it will kill it from rising. Maybe. Yeah. Because breads are rising from yeast, and a lot of cakes are rising from baking soda, baking powder, and the whip of the egg. Interesting. Look at this. I shouldn't even talk about this. I should pass it over to Jess. 
No, but your instinct was right, Rose, because <laughs> yeah. this has got baking soda or baking powder in it. Yes, baking um, powder and baking soda. So, you're, so you're covered. you don't need to work that bread. Just I've made go. this one twice, and it's beautiful. And I would also say the browner you let your bananas go, the sweeter it tastes. Mm-hmm. Let them go like bad, like so bad that they're almost just leaking on the counter. <laughs> I saw a thing of someone using bananas to make a banana cream pie, like a video of it, and they literally let them get black. And right. then they colored it up with like food coloring because they looked disgusting, but they were like, but that's when that's when they're sweetest, when you wow. could not eat them as a normal banana. That's when you cook with them. Right. I, and you can taste it. Like a regular ripe banana is like starchy and not that sugary. And as it turns brown, it just like turns to like dessert mush. It's crazy. I love, I love getting a real dead banana, popping it in the freezer, and then mm-hmm. reconstituting it for a smoothie too. I was like, Same. Then, it, then it becomes like, did I put a whole scoop of vanilla ice cream in this? No, just a dead banana. <laughs> I love it. Just <laughs> sweet banana. Is it? Hmm, is this a whole scoop of ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's my banana bread, uh, folks at home. Definitely make it. It's really easy and really fun. Just let your bananas go really bad and um, go for it. Now I buy um, too many bananas on purpose, and I eat half of them. And I intentionally plan for the other half to go bad. I love that. Yeah. I, lo- I like the little, like, small lessons, like, about, like, stirring and wh- what whatever. Because I'm, I don't know if you're the type of people that, like, when you get something wrong in a recipe, you just, you're like, oh, it was dry. I wonder how I can change that. I'm the type of person who's like, oh, it was dry. This must be a dry thing I made. <laughs> and I just kind of, like... Don't go, or like, oh, this banana bread's pretty dense. What a dense recipe instead the of like, oh, must be I bad. whipped it too much. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think I feel that way about savory recipes, but baking is so scientific mm. and so like precise that I feel like, oh, I probably, there was some of, there was some error for me. But if I like, mm. like I made a, um, like a sweet potato red lentil thing that I was like, that's the recipe's fault. I put a bunch of stuff in a pot and let it cook for like the amount of time it set on the thing. Exactly. With fire under it. Like if the fire didn't do it, I'm not going to change the fire. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what I love about cooking though, is that it is like real alchemy or like real, like messing with real things and figuring it out. Like you can have the same ingredients and cook it and it tastes horrible or do it wonderfully and it tastes amazing. And that's like so fascinating. It's never been more clear to me. Jessica recently got me into watching um, Gourmet Makes on the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen with Claire Saffitz. Is that her last name? I don't know if it's Saffitz or Saffitz, but that's anyway, S-A-F-F-I-T-Z. She's basically remaking Cheetos or Pringles or Twinkies with the stuff in the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen. And it's never been more clear how much science goes into like the people that actually make food because she's like making dough and making slight alterations to how much you know um like how wet the cheese what like how long she (laughs) dehydrated the cheese before she put it in the dough and uh the amount of butter and whether the butter was like cut or shredded or like there's just a ton of stuff that has huge differences and i'm like oh you're very you're very smart. Yeah. <laughs> right. She literally went to Harvard. But yes, it's uh, it's a delight to be like, oh, that's that food person. Yeah, they are just wizards. They're, yeah. Being they're a food scientist is, is a career that like I could get behind. Ugh, so because cool. like science in the abstract is uninteresting to me. Like being a chemical engineer is nothing right. to me. Because I like the idea of science isn't enough. I need to be able to eat the science after it. 
then and I need to be able to eat the science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, you know, I've uh, this is the fifth school I'm doing a, an interview for. I know it, um, it's looking like I'm going to get waitlisted, but I, I am just a huge fan of the sciences, and I know um, that you all, you know, have a strong focus there. Great faculty, so I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd love to come to uh, to Yale if that's an option. Um, well, great. Yeah, I mean, this is an interview, uh, so this will play into your application. And we assume that if you're here, you'd, you'd like to go to Yale. And I just want to – <laughs> I'm sorry. I, maybe I emphasized that too much, but I do want to go here. No, that's great. And I'm, I just – I want that to be off the table. You know, you know, that's always something that we look for is uh, we do like candidates who it's not just – they want to get into a school, but why they want to get into our school. Um, but talk to me more about like what you love about science. I think that'll really Oh, that's help. the thing is not only do I love Yale, but I do love science. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so again, yeah, you know, it's a very competitive school. You're sort of, you're within our windows for admins, but you're right there sort of on the, the bottom of most of our windows for our, for SAT scores and, uh, really right on the bottom. Well, you're still within range. So, that, hey, this could right. still happen for you. But we're looking Good. for anything that can set you apart. Um, um, I, I want to well, let you know that your GPA is just barely competitive. So anything okay. you can kind of do. Um, Even knowing that stuff factually, it's hard to hear in the interview, you know. It's hard to hear well, as I'm in the room with you. But, but, uh, Chris, but honest. Yale. It is Yale. Which I love. So uh, I just want uh, well, to be honest. Fu- Food wise, and uh, or I'm sorry, science wise, and that's kind of a lead in here. Um, what uh, the stuff I'm a fan of is anything in science you can eat. Um, I, I am uh, that's my science, you know, is the, the science of the kitchen. The laboratory is uh, my kitchen, the Bunsen burner is my burner uh, in the kitchen on the stove, and my beakers are my um, let's say saucepans. <laughs> Um, this has been an absolute waste of my time. An what? absolute waste of my time. You're walking what? into this Yale interview. Sounds like you want to go to culinary school, Chris. No, no. I want to be, I don't want to be a chef. I want a degree from Yale. I want to be an Eli. You're Eli's, right? Is that a thing? Eli's? You yeah. Mean, isn't that our people mascot? from Yale? I think people from Yale are called Eli's. Why are they? I think called I saw that. that. I, it was in a crossword once, and did it someone with me. call me? My name's Eli, and I'm waiting to have my interview to Yale. <laughs> this guy Is was a turn? nuisance in the waiting room. I'll have you know. I don't know if we're allowed to I'll speak let about other interviews. Everyone know. I don't particularly care if I go to Yale or not, mm. and my GPA is pristine. <laughs> Okay, now okay. that's an interesting mix because he has a better GPA than you. But we want people to want us, you know. I don't. Okay. Well, that kid's not getting in. Can I tell you? Thank you. None of you are getting in, probably. Well, what about me? Well, you were a maybe, but I'm telling you, did you? This is an optional interview. Sorry, sorry, I'm late. I'm here to interview for Yale. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a waiting room, and I'm just finishing up with. And I'm next. My father is Neil deGrasse Tyson. (laughs) I am Eli deGrasse Tyson. Your dad gave you the same middle name as him? Do people yes, do that? Yes, he did. I, well, no, he didn't, but I took it to really hammer home that we're related. Oh, and I'm, none of you are getting into Yale. Just none <laughs> of you. I love to look at Yale. 
Okay, all right. Uh, that's you love to look at it, like. Yeah, study it. It's a science. Oh, okay. it's the way that. Things... Oh, this guy. Okay, this guy vibes. Uh, maybe first year roommates over here. Me and this guy. Okay, I'll take it. So where should we live? <laughs> okay. Uh, where, where would you, I'm, where will I'm you living us? off campus because I have a sort of disdain for Yale. And while I intend to graduate and matriculate from it, I can't be spending every waking moment on a campus that I feel so mixed about. There's actually mandatory on-campus living for all freshmen. Um, Even for a DeGrasse Tyson? Especially for a DeGrasse Tyson. <laughs> Listen, Yale is an incredible institution and I I can't, I can't believe that the three of you would think you could darn to walk its halls and call yourself a bulldog and maybe call yourself an Eli. I do call myself an Eli. I thought I was going to be an Eli. (laughs) You know, Yale really made me the person who I am. That's why I volunteered to give these alumni interviews, which are completely optional and almost always hurt your chances of getting in. (laughs) And I'll say they have. All of you have have made a terrible impression. Chris, oh. I need you to go to culinary school. Eli, we don't mm-hmm. want you. I'm breaking up with you before you can break up with us. That was my plan. <laughs> and you? You can't study Connor. Connor. You can't study Yale as a science, okay? Were you scheduled to be here, Connor, or did you just come in and say you want to go to Yale? Well, I was late, but I didn't have an appointment. <laughs> then you didn't. But I could tell when I got here, then things were already happening, so I figured then, I was late. And then you didn't. And you. And I can't. And you're supposed to. You know what they told me? They said, hmm. Kristen, when you do these interviews, you're in shock because every year the pool is more and more competitive. And you're going to come away with the realization that you probably couldn't get into Yale if you were applying now. But you three weaves have been quite the opposite. None of you could have held a candle to me and my classmates' class of 1998. We would have laughed in your faces if you tried to be Eli's. Well, then you must underestimate us, because we'll start our own Yale if, That's we, right. need, if we need to. That's right. It's called Hale. It's called... It's... I, okay, it's called Hale, I guess. I was going to say well, it should we be called it Yale. Else. Well, it should be Ye- it should be called Yale if we're starting our it's own Yale. Yale two. Yale, Yale two. two. The Haleening. <laughs> Good luck to you all. Oh, and by the way, if you ever have kids, or if or maybe you already do, uh, we have three. and they okay, well, if any of those three rugrats want to come to Yale to the Haleening, I guarantee you we will let them in because we're not petty like you. Yeah, and 1998 called, nobody cares. <laughs> That's right. 1998 called to tell you that nobody cares about it. 1998's over itself. Bring, and bring. Still- oh, sorry, I have to take this. Hold on. Who is Who's that? It? Oh, it's, it's 1998? Oh, I'm sorry. I just hung up on 1998 because they called and I didn't care. You know what? 1998 was a great year, and you all missed it. Bring, bring. Oh, hello? Oh, it- it's Monica Lewinsky. She said even she's moved on from 1998. Okay, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> you're the man now, dog. Oh. oh, yes. We say you're the man now, dog, to edit the scenes. So feel That's free great. to feel free. It's feel better free. than clapping into a microphone. <laughs> oh, is that what y'all do? No. No, never. We would never. <laughs> we would never. Mm-mm. We say off book. <laughs>
Good. Uh, did you guys, you guys went to college? Yes. Where did you guys go? I went to Northwestern. All right. I went to UC Irvine, Claire Trevor School of the Arts. When Ooh. we want to be fancy, I say that, but really, I just went to UC Irvine. Nice. Mm. Is Who's that a Claire Northwestern? Trevor? That's an excellent question, Dan. She is an yeah. actress. Hmm. <laughs> this is a Northwestern behind me. This is nice. a t shirt quilt my mother in law made, my husband, and he also went to Northwestern. Oh, cool. What's a t shirt quilt? I, I assume it's a t- quilt made out of t shirts. That's right. Cool. Old shirts. I love it. How cool. Yeah. You know, when you got a bunch of sentimental shirts and you're like, I ain't wearing these shirts from my senior year production of Guys and Dolls, but it feels sad to throw it away. You turn it in to a shirt quilt. That's cool. Yeah. I, I love sometimes that. take pictures of shirts and then throw them away. So I have them, the memory, but not the shirt. That's a mm-hmm. good idea, too. Um, I love hearing more and more specifics about how your family is like carved out of like America, Jess, like sis and bud making shirt quilts. <laughs> yeah. It's a real it's Betsy like, Ross sometimes story. My, 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 uh, my, my husband's like one of five from like South Carolina. Sometimes there's some real like, uh, injection of, of Americana. <laughs> You're just like, it's- for the most part, when I go back, uh, home with him to South Carolina, everything seems like, the more I see of America, the more like suburbs are so consistent where you're like, I don't know, suburbs are not that different all over the country. There's like such a current, whereas I think cities really vary or if you get really rural, it really varies. But a suburb, there's a lot of commonality that just like ends up being there. And, you know, we'll like drive through like a bunch of chain restaurants and a Target and then a turn and it's like, a guy selling boiled peanuts in a field. And you're like, hmm, that's a little different. <laughs> we just took a hard left. Yeah, like suddenly I'm like, oh, you're from a very different place than I am. Um, I get really, nost- I, like suburbs now bring me a lot of like comfort and nostalgia, like the the space of them, I think. And like the, I think they feel so safe, obviously. It's, that's what they exist for. But just the idea that you can like go to one of those shopping malls like when I go to the Burbank Spectrum Center, I'm just like perfect. This is great. It's yeah. got everything I need right here. If you're from them, you're gonna love them, even if they're not like what you want going forward. You're just gonna love them. Yeah, yeah. There's something nice, so nice about like pulling up to a huge parking lot and a restaurant that you like have been to a hundred times, <laughs> and you're like, all right, I'm getting the same thing again, <laughs> and yeah. it just feeling so like I don't know, easy and put there for you, you know feels harder in a city you have to like find parking or valet or and everything's weirder like everyone has to have a concept yeah (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) it's just like this one's the italian one this one's the mexican one and it's like the whole parking lot has it's like a big food court yeah and they're all owned by the same one company right Mm. right the hillstone food group yes and brinker i used to work at a chili's and they and i found out that they were owned by like brinker this larger restaurant group and it's i don't know why it struck me as crazy to be like whoa chili's is just a little part of i don't know it was like why would chili's and applebee's be owned by the same company right or whatever <laughs> they run the they run the market baby right um do you all have a uh, recipe you're excited about that you want to talk about yeah 
Zach, Zach, it looked like you were going to like go to your kitchen to pull out an old recipe book real quick. There's some, there's cat nonsense happening behind me somewhere and I don't know where. There's been banging on the door and then I've opened the door twice and there's no cat there. So I'm very, I might do a quick exploration. The first time you opened it, your cat came in the room. I have Uh, a cat, but there's two other cats and I don't know where they are. Give (laughs) me five seconds to deal with this. Um, McKenna, you said you wanted to talk uh, sourdoughs. Okay, yes. So uh, I know I'm not alone in this, but like some people have been taking on getting into the sourdough game during quarantine. And uh, it's sort of this like mythical quest. And it, it's so funny because there's such a variety of information out there. And the way people talk about it is like similar to the way people talk about parenting, I feel like, where they're like, listen, for my sourdough journey, like this is what worked for me. And it might not always work for you. And I had to have like boundaries with myself. You know, it's just so, <laughs> it's so funny the way that like people talk about it and that there really isn't, uh, there really isn't a rest. It's very much like, I don't know, you're going to have to see what works for you, which is, I think, weird for baking because usually it's all about precision, but then there's aspects of it that are about precision. So we wanted to make sourdough from 100% scratch, meaning also getting our own sourdough starter going and to make a sourdough starter it's like usually a five to seven day process of leaving out equal parts flour mixed with water and you have to do it like pretty precisely you should use a scale not measuring cups do it like by gram and then every day you're supposed to cut what's in there and feed it and if you keep it at like a consistent temperature you're just catching like there's wild yeast all around us and you're just like, like love enticing. and Christmas. Yeah. It's, gorgeous. <laughs> it's all around. If you're willing to try to catch it, you're basically like making a little trap for it, like a little food trap. So eventually it'll be in there, but we had so many, like had to start over. There's a liquid that can form on the top. That's like an alcohol called hoot. You can't drink it. And well, like too much of the, can't. Well, well, you can, well, you shouldn't. Um, it, uh, it's like a sign that your starter's underfed. And so then we were like, we're going to stop cutting and we're going to like give it a hundred grams each instead of 50. But then we had like, it was too big. And then finally, uh, we think the real thing that was having trouble for us temperature, because this is like back like a few weeks ago when it was still kind of cold or at least cold at night. So like we'd leave it out overnight and it would kind of, you know, wouldn't flourish. And we were just getting hooch and not the same kind of bubbles throughout that you need to know that your starter is active. And then we cut it way down, went really small and kept it above our fridge. It's a little warm because that big, you know, battery or engine, whatever is running. (laughs) And, uh, and we went smaller and we had success. Okay. Then the actual process of making sourdough, first you have to make 11, which is you take part of your starter and you feed it one more time and you keep it for 12 hours. And then, and then you're just mixing flour, water, leaven, salt. And we did like a six hour process of folding it every half hour. Uh, it was very intense and involved. Uh, and the result was, uh, okay. Loaf of bread. (laughs) Um, but, but it was like pretty successful for being our first round. And we were like, okay, that was, that was cool. Are you, you going to keep working with like that same starter? Do you have it still so, or, or whatever? Yeah. So now that we can like, we know that it made bread and like it, 
it created leaven pretty successfully, we know it's an active starter. So now you can keep it in your fridge and feed it once a week just to maintain it. And then the next time we bake, we you know, like take off a tablespoon and um, feed that and give it like two days to kind of warm up. And then we can use it again in bread. How, so did you, how did you get, can you say again, sorry, because this is the part that I'm very interested in and want to do. How did you get the yeast to begin with? Just leave out flour and water. Just in what? Like a small glass block or like, and then also sometimes if you cut and feed, you maybe should put it in a fresh thing or uh, I did several days of it in a mason jar. Mm. Okay. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. And, what, and when you say you're world. feeding it again, like what are you feeding it? 50 grams of flour and 50 grams of water. Cool. That's it's so, wild. you seem like so knowledgeable about it. Like you really have like messed with the science and like. We got cool. in there, man. You know, and, and with like flour shortages or like everything being a little hard to get. And Morgan has twice made pasta from scratch, which was a delight. We were also approaching a moment where we were like, how much flour can we throw after this? This is like good flour after bad. <laughs> but eventually we we're like, let's give it, let's do this one more thing. Let's try the above the fridge thing, which Morgan had seen a couple people recommend. But truly he did most of the research. Like I would say like 20 different articles, four different videos, like, and nothing is exactly the same. You'll see some right. consistency, you'll see consistent theme, but people really like come at it different ways. And we're using all-purpose flour. We probably have more success with bread flour, or some people do like uh, they'll do eighty percent bread flour, ten or twenty percent rye. You know, get getting something in there that'll make your bread more flavorful. I mean, mm. it's wild. And the recipe that we ended up following had created two loaves, and one of them we did a four-hour proof, and one of them we did an overnight fridge proof. The fridge proof had better shape, but maybe less good flavor, less good uh, aeration. The other one we kind of burnt and it didn't rise, but when we got in the middle, it was like looked really good, mm. fluffy, and had all the bubbles. And the bubbles are from yeast eating your food and party. Whoa! <laughs> See, I want to do it, but I want it to work the first time, and then you get to eat the good bread because that's the yeah. reward. Well, even working perfectly, it's still like a ten-day process. <sighs> Do you feel like you'll be better and better at it and like know it better? Or do you feel like it'll be kind of unpredictable each time? Here's the tricky part is now that it's like hotter than Hades in LA, I have way less uh, desire to have my oven on for like, right. uh, to like get up to 450 and be that, you know, like, uh, so we'll see how long it is before we do another at bat. But I think there are already things, even between the two loaves that we learned. The one recipe that we ended up following suggested starting it at 500, bring it down. But we were like, oh, that definitely wasn't good for our oven. That's the other thing is like not all ovens are the same. Right. And something that I forget is that ovens also don't heat uniformly. Like, which These is. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reason why you cook it, you bake it in a Dutch oven try to have the heat be really consistent around it. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's why everyone's baking them like in that bowl with the paper thing or whatever. That's yeah. Dutch oven. Interesting. It's a fun quest, but it is a quest. I can't <laughs> can't downplay. This I is love not it. like I guess that makes the, the, lovely, the reward ever sweeter, though. It well, I think, did feel cool to be like this. Looks like a damn love. Check out Jess's Instagram. It really does. Like that's Ooh, a yeah. that's that's the, like shelf of a bakery <laughs> loaf of bread. Wow. I feel like that's a very important thing to figure out right now. Is like how do you do a long process thing that you enjoy? <clears throat> Excuse me that doesn't cost a bunch of money and like does waste your time. It's like, 
I'm not looking to waste my time, but I do need to find ways to spend it that are enjoyable, cheap, and at home. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like I would say making homemade pasta is another great one. Yeah, it, it especially like we don't have a pasta maker. We just were rolling it as thin as we could with a roller, and that is time intensive. So fun, I bet. But it's so fun, and it's so good, and it's just flour, egg, and salt. No, you know? Nothing beats. Right. Homemade pasta. Something Ooh. about the surprise to me that also you it, you only boil it for like two or three minutes was like delightful. It was like, yeah. oh, great. Yeah. Like you just pop it in and it's done. Which it's not like sense. the fucking 11 minute boil I was right. doing with hard pasta. Oh, that pasta right. that's been dried for forever. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you go like, what's this bullshit I've been eating? <laughs> it takes 12 minutes. How did it get so hard? Hey, yeah. sweetheart. Um, everything about this meal is so perfect. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's exactly what I was hoping for. I can't, you were really able to make our anniversary really special. Thanks. I'm Um, glad. This has kind of left me with this feeling, though, that I'm kind of struggling with, which is that, like, what was all that bullshit I ate before? Um, and like, what, no, my whole life until this (laughs) meal was like a real waste. And wow. um, I guess I'm just feeling like this crushing sadness about what an idiot I was. No. Yeah. No, I was. You're not an uh, idiot. No, not anymore. Because now I'm never going back. But I lived 43 years of my life as a damn idiot. Well, and, yeah. But, you know, it, it's not really sustainable to eat fresh pasta with, you know, shaved truffle on it every day. It's not you're not going to be able to do that every meal. But it's got to be because now I've had it. (laughs) Brendan, did you think you could give this to me and we'd be able to go back? We'd ever be able to go back to having our like fusilli that's with brown rice and quinoa because we think it's better for us? I'm really sorry to have blown your mind. I'm happy that the meal was so good. I can make another dinner. Brendan, you can't just make another dinner. You have to make every other dinner forever. Okay. I mean, this is what is this? What is this? You made this baguette and you made a parsley oil. Yeah. I didn't know I was gonna like a parsley oil. <laughs> yeah, it's simple Wait. but delicious. I know. Why do you? But hey, all it's the okay. wasted no, all the wasted years, Brendan, all Jane, the time. Jane, it's okay. <laughs> You're not. It, it's okay. Did you hate all that food when you were eating it? No, but now I know I should have. <laughs> Now I know I should have. You don't have to go back and hate your life. You don't. I, it's not necessary. Remember that time that you and me, we tried to eat at that Italian restaurant and they didn't have our reservation because we'd accidentally made it for the next night. But then that night we didn't have a babysitter. And so we were like, we got to stay out anyway. Yeah. And we just stumbled into that tiny French bistro that no one even knew the name of. And it was like so perfect. And the lights were out, but they were serving the end of their kitchen run by candlelight. And they gave us that beautiful chocolate mousse at the end and you and i looked at each other and we cried yeah even that was stupid no come on that was beautiful no that chocolate mousse can't even can't even sit at the same table as this parsley oil wow this is mom are you okay dad what'd you do on your anniversary no, no, I cooked. I cooked a beautiful dinner. These are happy tears, right? They don't look right, like happy tears. She looks sad. Will you come here? Okay, Daddy, come here. I have to tell you something. Okay. Everything you've eaten 
is bullshit. What? And you're a little idiot for eating it. What? No, hey, no. Even gushers? No, gushers are smart. Daddy, <laughs> you, you come here. You come here. You try. Do you know that you can make Alfredo without cream? That you could just use pasta, water, butter, and cheese? That's what your father did, and then he shaved yeah. the mother truck and truffles on top. Is that the white pasta with the white sauce on it? You try this, and you mm-hmm. compare this to that shit, that that trite, trivially shit I've been giving you. The Kraft macaroni and cheese that I love so very, very much? Yeah, get ready to hate it and hate me. Okay. You no, just try this. We love you, honey. Ooh, he slurped it. Must did, be good. Dad? Yeah? Did you make this? Yeah. And you could have like been it? making this? Well, yeah, I can make it whenever you want in the future. I'm happy to make idiot. it. idiot. Oh, my God. I'm a fucking idiot. I've been no, you're not. every moment of my life. I ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch every day for six years, Dad. Six you're 12. Years. You don't have that much to regret. You're not an idiot. You I've just... wasted my time here, and I don't deserve to spend another year on this planet. I have God. wasted... Well, I'm Merry so Christmas, sorry. everybody. I'm glad the family could be here for Christmas dinner. I uh, made the traditional ham, and uh, I'm very excited to share Christmas with everybody. I'm very excited I to throw it out wow. the window, Thanks, Grandpa. Dad. This looks delicious, right? That's what we're going to say. This looks delicious. You said yours louder, but the other one was meaner, and that one is the one that I heard. <laughs> Listen, Pop, we are happy to be here with you, be here with you for Christmas but we have to tell you that your ham is a damn tragedy and we're not going to eat it. I'm going to eat some. Where do Is you this a roadkill? Get- it belongs in the middle of the street, Grandpa. Right, this boy needs to learn some respect for his elders. No, don't you get up. This boy has learned respect. Respect for himself and his palate. You need to learn and respect he- for the, the five sections of my tongue, you old idiot. You know five? That- <laughs> old idiot? <laughs> That's the one I'm more mad about. The old idiot. Stay seated, Dad. I don't want you to get in don't a physical altercation with my son. Get up. Well, I don't want to get in a physical altercation with my Good. grandson. Then we're all Sweet, on the same page. Sour. <laughs> that doesn't mean um, it's not going to happen. Umami. Spicy. And that little extra something that you Why are you? Only- no offense. I don't want to make this about me, but why are you guys making my life so hard? I gave this to you. I'm happy to cook for you again. Why Why are you so angry? Because you're making us eat not your food, Dad. Yes. Brendan, you know that since the, our anniversary, we've not gone to a restaurant. We've not had anything other than the delicious food you can prepare for dinners. We had to compromise on lunch and breakfast because it was untenable. But you've cooked every dinner for us for four and a half months. And you know we love it and we can't go back. I know Come. Grandpa wants us to eat roadkill at this it's, pretty table. It's a, it's a it, pretty it's nice a, looking a ham. Beautiful ham. We have extra because your grandmother decided to do an Italian Christmas this year. All right. And so the one we have has to be better than hers and nicer. Let's please be respectful of the work I put into hey, this. Hey, let's not right? compare Christmases. We chose to be here with you, okay? Okay, I just wanted to make sure that it was a choice and not a financial issue or anything are you, like that. Are you telling me that we could be at your mom's having a piece of seven fish with Brendan? Yeah, and she taught me how to cook. But Are you telling me my dad that needs your we- mother, who we have never had food with, is making <laughs> seven fish courses? I knew that you could never eat her food. I was trying to cook poorly for years. 
years. And one night, I want to do a nice thing for my wife. And all of a sudden, my life's ruined. You know, I haven't heard a thank you, by the way. All I've heard is that my past sucks. What about a thank you for the Alfreda? Thank you for flying us so close to the sun that we tasted it, Dad. Thank you for that. How's that? Now I have to eat this animal that Grandpa hit with his car. (laughs) No, Dad, put down the knife. Don't wrestle him. Don't wrestle him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who to help. I'm in the middle. Just let it play out naturally. Just let it play out. Oh, he's hitting me with my roadkill. I mean, ham, my ham. Uh, Dad, do you have salt? This is a little. I've never heard. I've never heard of a not salty enough ham. While you, while my own grandson is punching me in the back of the head, he's got me in a. He's got me. I'm I'm ruined. He's got me in rear. Okay, I'm on the ground. He's got me on the ground. That's what yeah. it is. That and that's what it is. <laughs> I need salt, though. Can you get your son off of me? I obviously took it a little too easy on him. Here, get here, Brandon. Get, get off, get off, Teddy little Grant. buddy. Teddy, oh, Teddy. Maybe we should just open some presents or something, or I don't know, throw on a film. Uh, you know, let's throw on a film. It's a, it's Christmas. Let's, let's put let's. A- let's <laughs> It's let's, Christmas. Let's let's throw on the film that we watch. Let's throw on the year. film. Let's throw this food into the garbage or the street, wherever we want to go. Teddy, All right. come on. Round two, motherfucker. <laughs> no! no get it, come get it! Oh, Teddy's got the upper hand now! <laughs> Ankle breaker. Ow! Oh. Dad, don't snap! Oh. I'm never tapping oh, out. I'm doing never the, tapping doing out. that thing where his arm is straight and my, my arms don't reach him. <laughs> I'm swinging and swinging. But I'm not swinging up. I'm only swinging directly. Here, here, calm down. down calm down. Just I made down. a corn souffle. <gasps> I made a corn souffle. Calm down. Thank you. I didn't want to bring this out, but I knew something was going to get you riled up and I had to have a little treat to calm you down. Good and thank you. Good and Good thank you. And you're thank welcome. You. You're welcome, Good sweeties. Thank you. Someone throw on a film. I'll, I'll put on a film and maybe you'll no, lie about this. That's not what I said, Grandpa. <laughs> Uh-oh. He's got on the table. <laughs> throw on a film. Oh, man. Oh, he's got your dad's head between his legs and he's flipping backwards. <laughs> You're the man now, dog. <laughs> he's calling for it. No. <laughs> Does the family want me to kill him? <laughs> great. Uh, that was a great funny. move to imagine Jess off the table. <laughs> yeah. A teenager putting the dad in <laughs> Between the legs, flip. Every once in a while, the the New York the New York Times has like a separate recipe subscription section that they will occasionally give out some of them for free, and they have one um, that we have printed out that is just pasta with eggs, and the eggs are like the so. so here's what you do: you take spaghetti, you want a thin spaghetti, boil it for like seven to nine minutes, whatever your thin spaghetti is. While it's boiling, you take a couple cloves of garlic and you, uh, in like four tablespoons of oil, you're going to just like on a medium low heat, sort of press those in so they let their garlic juice into the oil. Then you throw them away, unless you're like us, in which case you cut them up and you keep them in because it's garlic. What are you doing? But the Mm -hmm. recipe says you throw them away. And then in that oil, you add a little more oil. 
and you sort of like soft fry four eggs there until the whites are just set. Hopefully that is ending, and this is the tricky part, right when the pasta is done. You drain the pasta, you break those four eggs, like the yolks of them, and you cut up the eggs and you just toss the pasta in that, and it's just like a delicious Alfredo-y egg sauce that has actually no dairy in it. And then if you want, throw cheese in that bad boy and it's even better. But you don't have to. It's like really good. And it's truly just pasta and eggs, and it's great. Um, I've made it a couple times in in this quar. It's so crazy to see how much pasta water to do for you. Totally. As a sauce component, it's really wild. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because it gets the starches in it? Yeah. So it's like a thickening. It's a like a great thickening agent. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did truly just watch a video of a woman making uh, fettuccine Alfredo with no cream. And it was like butter, cheese, and like the pasta water Mm. helps like emulsify it all. Oh, wow. And you think it's going to like water down your sauce because you're putting in water, but then the water just like evaporates or reduces and it's like this thick, yummy. And I should have said, you actually do drain the pasta for this one. You do, you, so you like tossing it in a bowl, but it's still got water on it. And like the eggs finish cooking in the hot pasta. It sounds like a little carbonara minus the guanciale. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Um, I also think about, oh, sorry, go ahead, Zach. I was just going to say something that we recently learned from the salt, fat, acid, heat. We learned it from the Netflix, but you could have learned it from the book, is that we've been like really undersalting our pasta water for the longest time. Because you oh, drain really? most of it out. It should taste like the ocean. Like you get a ton of salt in really? there. Otherwise it's not getting into the pasta at all. You, it should taste like really salty. Oh, I do that. love I've also piece. recently been been following that rule more because that's the only time you can actually season the pasta itself. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny that everyone says that it should taste like the ocean. And I'm like no one's testing this boiling water. No one's taking a spoonful and being like, ocean eat because it's boiling. Well, you right. taste it before is... you heat it up. <laughs> you can put oh, the salt in before it boils. Interesting. But it, but they won't be all like dissolved. You know what I mean? Like, you can get, Yes, not all the way. Because as it heats up, it dissolves more and more of the salt. Right, right, but right. I get it really, really salty before the fire even goes on. Um, yeah. And that's when I taste it. And then I'll because taste it when I it gets hot. Because I always see them yes, pour, pouring it into a roi- roiling boil and being like, it tastes like the ocean. And like, I'm like, right. you're not no one, no tasting that, that water. Right. They're like, well, I do this every day, so I know what it ends up tasting like. But I'm not tasting this. They should yeah, exactly. say that. I mean, guys, exactly. you know me. You love me. I'm putting some of that boiling hot water into my mouth. That's just how I roll. <laughs> Got it. Whoa. Guy, you know me. You love me. I would also say, just to cap this off uh, on our little uh, water thing, I think it's a great way to season in all your pasta because if your water is really salty then you add some of that pasta water back in mm. it like really naturally flavors up the sauce too rather than having to put in like fresh flakes of salt that then have to like redistribute whatever yeah. like seasoning with the pasta water has changed my whole pasta game it's it especially it so much true better. i think with the fresh pasta stuff it's like oof, yeah so good mm-hmm. yeah it's yummy um i'm very I wouldn't say very interested. It is interesting to me how different cultures approach eggs and what we find to be acceptable to do with eggs. Because I know like on pasta or a lot of like Japanese dishes, you'll put kind of raw eggs on rice and like look at it cook. But sorry, I was just about to say this. Japan treats eggs differently than we do. Like the eggs that you buy in the market in the States are generally the like, 
if the shells are treated at all, they are stripped of a protective coating that the eggs in Japan still have because we polish them and want them to all look like uniform and stuff or whatever. So some of the stuff that they do with eggs in Japan is actually not safe to do with eggs in the States. Really? Yeah. That's why I'm sick all the time. Yeah. Is that also why our eggs need to be constantly refrigerated? Because yes. yeah. you like zap them so you like most eggs are never refrigerated. No, oh, yeah. you don't need to be treated them out. Yeah, right. If you had like backyard chickens, you could keep those eggs in a basket on your counter. But sometimes I'll buy eggs from like the farmer's market and they'll be like, refrigerate these. But I don't know if that's just because that's where they're buying their cardboard things that the eggs are, <laughs> are stored in. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> But sorry. There's, yeah, there's like a Japanese egg dish that I've always really wanted to try, which is just like you make rice, then you crack raw eggs on top of it and you stir it up. But I've never yeah. had it because it's not safe here. It's hmm. not safe at all. Well, I, I still don't, I guess I don't, uh, I'm not, I, I don't understand the science of what we do to the outside of it that makes it not safe on the inside to do that, what, how we treat it. I think it's like by eroding it to make it smooth the temperature or whatever on the inside of the egg is now fluctuating more than it would be naturally, which is why it needs to be refrigerated. Or what it's a more fantastic answer. It's more susceptible to the outside, te- the elements. You know what that Thanks, was? Dan. That was some Yale food science. <laughs> you know them, you love them. <laughs> Hi, I'm Yale food science. <laughs> that's, like, that's an improv character name if ever there was one. That I won't do a scene as, because we've done it before. <laughs> All right. Literally. Hey everyone, um, I think it's really cool. I think it was a great idea for us as roommates to like get chickens and have our own eggs. It's like, I agree. I love it. We're all taking great care of the coop. The chickens are healthy. They're making eggs every day. That's great. I just wanted to sort of talk about the way that we've all been treating the eggs on like a more spiritual level, because I feel like we're actually not on the same page in that respect. Does that make sense? Really? Yeah, really? I've been loving the eggs. I, I've been loving the chickens. I didn't know you were upset. Well, it's the way in which we're sort of loving the eggs and the ch- and the chickens that is sort of making me like a little. Um, but can I tell you, Kurt? I want to say, and we're not balling this up because if you had come to us with this after a few months and it had like an intensity we didn't understand, I'd be so confused. And like right now, I can tell that it's like just percolated for you. Thank you, Max. enough for you to speak up and yeah. like. I just want to shine a light on classic great roommate behavior. You know, that's really healthy emotionally. Max, so just, for sure. I did not want to let like, this get to like a dark place where it was like. I got to just give kudos for that. Thanks, it was like that. a bit of a dig of my when my eyes started watering when I asked if we could make sure that we leave the uh, last parking space open for whoever works the latest. Uh, um, okay. That's not meant to be a dig. It was meant to, but I okay. honor and respect that. It could have brought that up for you. I just want to say I feel like we all learned a lot from Trent's parking spot ordeal and that now I see us having better practices. That's like what I wanted to shine a light on. And I just want to say I've been loving the eggs and I'm happy to park on the street, guys. Like whatever you need, I'm just here to do it. Kevin, Kevin, we really do appreciate that. Thank you, Kevin. Okay, cool. No problem. You know what? The thing about Kevin is you know him. You love him. I love you know. Yeah. Who does that? I feel that way about all of us, dude. You know us, you love us. us. You know us, you love us. But Kurt, I'm sorry, man. I I didn't want that compliment to derail you. So like, you feel like spiritually. Like I said, this is like a new, this is a new, um, irk? That's not the word. I'm, I'm just noticing that like, 
We all treat the eggs a little differently when we cook with them. We all look mm-hmm. at them a little differently. Kevin looks at them a lot, sometimes for hours at a time, sometimes to the exclusion of like us when we're trying to talk to him and ask him things. Um, uh, Kevin's a big egg in- inspector, I would say. Well, I've been really loving the eggs and I'm happy to do whatever you guys need. But I've, I I am getting an eye on those eggs when I can. And, um, you know, I do fry them hard. And I hear I, that. If that's your complaint, I fry an egg hard and sometimes I, there's some splatter. It's less about the, the – it's more about the sort of lead up to the cooking. And it's not even a it's problem. I guess I'm just – yeah, it's the ogling. And I guess I'm just curious about it because I don't understand it. I love the eggs too, for I want to sure. say as someone who could kind of like take a second, take a step back and kind of like see a silver lining in this, I feel like the fact that Kevin's been spending so much time ogling eggs – it's like freed up way more space on our DVR. And I feel like we're not having to do as many rotos on the switch as we were before. That's true. So that part is like, as much as I, I hear you're saying, Kurt, and I'm like, yeah, maybe we should be concerned that one of our roommates just stares at eggs for four hours at a time. Like that, I guess we it's, should talk about it. It's sort of the extension of that too, though. It's like, we used to have a bunch of different art. Now we have paintings of eggs that Kevin made. You know? Yeah. Well, like, I've been loving the eggs. I'm happy to park on the street, and you guys can delete whatever show of mine that you want. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can delete all my shows. Yeah, yeah. I saved all that Olympic stuff, and you deleted the whole Olympics, and I'm fine with that, okay? But I, I just want to be able to look at the eggs. Is See, that so we, wrong? We made, we, no, man. We made a compromise a while ago that you could only have two Olympics. You can only have one Olympic saved at a time. Okay, well, then I choose the Bob Costas special. Okay, but there's just like a lot of – like when you save the Olympics, like we were all going to have one show. Like, like I have burnt. I have the most recent season of Burn Notice at all times. But when you yeah, pick the, long, by the when way. you, well, it's long, but it's not long compared to the totality of one Olympics because there's a lot of sports and a lot of rounds okay. of that sport. And we know? let you keep it, man, but you can't have a winter and a summer at the same time. Like that was where we had to. Draw okay, the line. I'll be in the kitchen. I just need a break. I'll be in the kitchen. <laughs> he's, gonna, no, Kevin, he's going to Kevin. love the eggs. He's looking at you. See what I mean? Like Look, it's. This is tough because most of our – he's looking at him like a ham. He just, he just, just mouthed wow. <laughs> wow. He's a really smooth. So many of our issues with Kevin have become – have gone away because of the egg thing. So it's no. tough for me because life sure. in the house is a little better. But also <laughs> it feels like there is something broken his brain. I'm worried yeah. about him. I, I, yeah. I Guys, I'm, I'm just, I just, I want to come back into the living room and say, I'm sorry please. for flipping out a little bit. And listen, it's fine. You can sleep in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'll park on the street. You can delete whatever you want off the DVR. You don't want Hell, to sleep, Kevin. You can have my direct deposits. But this is an egg household, and that's important to me. Do we not bond on that anymore? No, I guess we just want to make sure you're okay. You know, like, let me well, yeah, my first back say, hurts a little bit, and it's hard to walk in from the street, but otherwise, I'm fine. Why does your back hurt? Because I don't sleep on my bed anymore. Well, none of us are sleeping on your bed, though, Kelly. Like, yeah, we, we, didn't, under- we didn't ask you for that. You were like... <laughs> you can I'm- sleep on my bed. Just let me look at the eggs. <laughs> You're sleeping by the ref- on the floor by the refrigerator. So that yeah, you can on a mat on the floor. <laughs> we don't, we don't need your bed, Well, Kev. it's an egg crate. It is an egg crate. It's not a mat. You can't by any definition call I'm just it a mat. like them. I'm just like them. Oh, buddy. I'm just. Hey, hey, I, I got to say, 
Why don't you take a break and we'll all, we'll throw on some Bob Costas. Okay, okay. You guys want me to put on the Olympics? No. no. Throw it on. Throw on the Olympics. <laughs> okay. Throw uh, it on. Uh, um. Hi, I'm Bob Costas. What is sport? <laughs> is that an egg on screen? No, that's, that's Bob, Bob, that's Bob, Bob Oh, Costas. yeah, the other thing I love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you guys want me to make up? Some, uh, let's make some popcorn or something. We'll snack a little bit. That'd be Ooh. great. That'd be great. Good. What is it to compete? <laughs> yeah, this is good. Have you guys ever had eggs on top of popcorn? No. No. You just let, you no. Just let it cook what, from like the popcorn boil? heat? You just crack some. I, I haven't either, but doesn't it sound pretty good? <laughs> I mean, you can do anything with eggs. I mean, Athletes, you, want, you just want to. Oh. Amateurs at the top of their game. Amateurs at the Sacrifice. top of their game. <laughs> Yeah, it's so crazy that Olympians like are technically have to be amateurs. They're not what professionals. They just can't get paid for it. Yeah. What about the basketball teams? Yeah, what do you think they like have for the breakfast? <laughs> like, Kevin, that's not what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought we were talking about eggs. <laughs> no, we were talking about basketball. No one said eggs. Right? Yeah, those are. When did you ch- when did you change into a shirt that says eggs, baby? And when did you get that shirt? <laughs> well, I made it. <laughs> should have. I should have known that. <laughs> yeah, I made it last night. I knew the I knew the Olympics was coming, so I made my eggs baby shirt. It's not coming. It's record. It's this is one that you recorded for. A- and Kevin, why are you wearing why are you wearing your bald cap from your Professor X costume? I'm not wearing a bald cap. Yes, you are. You have a full no. head of hair, and you're wearing no, a bald no, no, no. cap. I think you guys are confused. This is what I look like. I look like an egg. <laughs> <laughs> this is my egg head. This is my head. Sorry, my head. Kevin. Hey, hey. Can't wait, 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 can I be honest? Yeah. I thought I thought we all were going to talk about how we were treating the eggs differently. So is this really just for me? Because we, you're right. We do all have different perspectives on eggs. Yeah, Kevin. Like. If I'm being but are yours honest? just uniformly the same? <laughs> no, they're weird? no, they're a little different. But yours is off the reservation different from the three of us. I like. Okay. Well, honestly, I don't. I don't need to get into what the three of us do. What the three of us do is normal with eggs. Oh, I, barely, eggs I barely even look at the eggs before I cook them. Uh, <laughs> oh, that doth protest too much, my man. And we certainly don't write songs about the eggs that we sing to the eggs while we cook the eggs. Okay. No, okay. And- the song is long, Kevin. It's a long egg song, and we all hear it every morning. Good morning, eggs. Wake up, eggs. Go to sleep, eggs. Good morning, eggs. And it's just sort of like a round of that, and you use it even though... It's, it's not like it shifts like Stairway to Heaven, and there's multiple parts that keep you interested in the well, length of the song. Well, not verbally. In my mind, it does. And also, the eggs are awake for such a short amount of time. Good morning, eggs. Wake up, eggs. Good, Good night, night, eggs. Go back to sleep. Good morning, eggs. Wake up, eggs. I mean, it's the life cycle of the egg. It's not. They it's- live. They're crapped out. They're cracked. They're fried. They're in bed in my tummy. As you might just know, let this go. I mean, it's like you don't park, think you I'm park- a cool roommate anymore. No, you're great. You park in the street. We love it. Yeah. Thanks for parking on the street. I don't know. I. Uh... I'm sorry. I guess I didn't know it was bothering you guys so much. Every Olympic village is different. <laughs> oh, Bob. <laughs> what? Like this one doesn't have eggs or something? <laughs> You're the man now, dog. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks for that edit, Zach. Good edit, Zach. I mean, that's a blackout line if ever there was one. <laughs> Uh, well, this was such a blast, you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, our wonderful guests, Jess McKenna and Zach Reno. Thank oh, what you so a, much. What a pleasure. Good boy, um, really giggled my way through that. That was a delight. Obviously, you can find their podcast off book, The Improvised Musical, uh, wherever you get podcasts. What else would you all like to plug for for yourselves today, Jess? I'd like for you to look at the picture of my sourdough on my oh, Instagram and to. say it's good. I'm at and- Jess, Jess McKenna. Great. Zach? Oh, I'm in a I'm in a Netflix show called Bruise Brothers, which is like a dirty, raunchy comedy. It's on Netflix. Um, oh, cool. A couple of the episodes would love for you to check it out. Do you do raunchy things in it? Yeah, you see my butt in the first episode. Whoa! Whoa yeah, my butt. Most of it. Most of it. A couple of eggs. I'd say up, upper 80% of my butt. Damn. How was that? Uh, nice. were, were you preparing for it for a while did you like do workouts a lot of squats a lot of butt squats a lot of isolation <laughs> no absolutely not no the com- I've to the com- had to be the like shirtless is, yes the comedy of it is that my butt is is fine it's yeah. not an exemplary butt it's a fine normal I, butt. i'll be surprised <laughs> if i see it and i'm not impressed yeah, we'll honestly see. Right. I think out. um well thanks again for doing the show and to our listeners out there um you're hearing this for free probably wherever you download podcasts if you'd like to hear extra content from this episode and uh other episodes featuring just me and ryan and extra content from other episodes go to patreon.com backslash you're the man now dog um we've got all sorts of stuff on there and you can subscribe to our patreon be part of our discord anything else ryan that sounds good to me uh well thanks uh all of y'all it was great to see you guys and laugh with you you too and honestly great hosting lippert really good the way you wrapped it up felt incredibly natural i think you're just thinking about it too much that one was so smooth well when it comes to podcast outros (laughs) you know me you love me i'm dan lippert host of you're the man now dog signing off for ryan rosenberg zach reno and jess mckenna good night and good riddance good luck